have with us in the studio tonight again, Terry Ball, who's the pastor of Castle Rock Baptist Church. Welcome, Terry. It's great to have you with us. We were talking about expository preaching last week, and I was uh, I was really interested in the fact that you go to the Word of God first rather than what does this commentary say or this commentator or this preacher, although there are some great preachers of the past, including uh, Spurgeon and uh, others. But just remind the folks again, uh, as you approach the Word of God, and what we, we ended our program last week, uh, you don't approach the Bible with a thought in mind that you're going to preach or teach it. But what was the first goal you have in mind as you study the Word? I look to Scripture for the changing of me, the replacing of me. When I go to Scripture, uh, I have a dear friend of mine who passes a church in New Mexico, and he says, too many people go to master the Scripture instead of the Scripture mastering them. And that's, that's, a, what, that's a great statement. That is a marvelous statement. Tell me now, what is expository preaching? Give me a definition. And I, I want to back up a little bit on this because uh, a lot of this is going to be coming out of the Institute for Expository Preaching where you've had your training. And I, I believe, aren't you at, at, a, at a point in which you're going to graduate or receive some kind of degree or diploma? Tell us, first of all, before you answer the question of, about expository preaching, uh, give us a little bit of uh, background about your your studies at these uh, Stephen Olford uh, Ministries uh, headquarters in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Stephen Olford is uh, one of the greatest expositors I have ever heard in my life. He is, uh, you know, he's an amazing man, uh, even in his mid-80s and coming out of uh, cancer. I have been studying there now for three years. I go uh, for a week at a time through seven weeks, and then there's a lot of writing, a lot of critiquing. I had a a very traumatic episode in my life when I had to preach a sermon before him uh, and his staff there. Ooh, that would be scary. Yeah, it was. I had one of his precious secretaries came to me. She says, but you preach every every Sunday before the Lord. And I said, yeah, but you don't seem sitting there taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that, that uh, that is really... Is, is something for me because Stephen Olford has always been a great hero. I went to Prairie Bible Institute in Canada, and uh, he, along with Alan Redpath and some of the great preachers from England, would come over to our conferences there at Three Hills, Alberta. And uh, I, I ran across him later. He didn't know who I was, but I went to New York City to study, and uh, from time to time I would go down to Calvary Baptist Church in Manhattan, and uh, lo and behold, Stephen Olford was, was preaching there. And there were just, uh, it just excites me, no end, uh, to think of uh, this man having a personal influence on your life, Terry. It's, it's amazing to me. It's, um, I don't understand why God did it and is doing it. I finished my studies up the end of May, end of this, end of this month, and um, I have a lot of papers to, uh, to turn in, a lot of things to finish up. Uh, I'll be grateful when it's done. But there has been a, a fellowship there, a knitting of spirits, a, a friendship between Heather and, and Stephen and, and, and his son David and uh, Ellen and my wife. Uh, that is, uh, it's been a great joy and privilege. That that uh, I, I was I was looking on the website, and uh, I understand that they've had about two thousand students go through there through over the years, and it would be much more if they would have. Uh, 
But they limit their classes to a small group, don't they? Very small. How, Very, how, how large? Uh, the largest class group that I was in was probably 30. When you do a practical preaching workshop, they don't take more than 10. And so each of you preach, and then you're critiqued. You're critiqued by the Olfords, and you are critiqued by all the men who are there preaching. That is a, That must be an amazing experience. Well, getting back to our original question, what is expository preaching? Expository preaching is the exposing of the text. Uh, What I have been exposed to is called uh, textual thematic exposition. Uh, The text, the theme of the text, exposed. Make the sense of the text. What is is the Lord uh, exposing here? What is he showing us here? Now, the, the, the text, might the text on a given Sunday when you preach it be a shorter or longer, depending on what that theme is? Correct, correct. Right now I'm in the 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, it deals with marriage and singleness. Uh, in the first seven uh, verses is where I'm at, and I'm dealing with the, the joy of singleness uh, that the Apostle Paul uh, was kind of into. But yet in that text, you know, I've got five messages that will come out of that text because it has to also relate to the fact that in chapter 2 and 3, uh, man's wisdom had infiltrated the church in Corinth. You know, what, what, what is interests me is the fact that you're, you're really getting the whole, and I've, I've listened to your preaching, and I notice that you, put, you, you seem to always put the, a context to the text where you say this is the, the historical situation, the cultural situation. Now, here's what the chapter before, what we've talked about before, and how, again, to be reminded again that it's not an isolation, the text, the First Corinthians chapter 7, but it relates to that which came before. Is that correct? Correct. And, and I think that when we, you see conflicts or uh, debates over text in Scripture, it's because most people have dropped the context. Uh, the context can be a given uh, phrase. The context then will move out to a paragraph, would move out to a chapter, but has to move out to the book. Then if, you, if it still seems complicated, it needs to be the context of 66 books of Scripture. And, and if, you, if you start dropping that with a pretext... That's what I thought. A text <laughs> without a context is a pretext. That's right. Uh, and, and, you know, I see the conflict that arises. Uh, I got in trouble in our denomination one time uh, speaking to a group of pastors saying that there are not multiple interpretations of Scripture. You're absolutely right on. They've been teaching that in hermeneutics and seminary for years. There's not five different purposes for a text. There's one main idea. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. And any time that you start getting subjective on there, then you're not doing your homework, nor have you bowed before what the Lord has given you. That is uh, that bowing before the Lord uh, idea is uh, we use the term eisegesis, uh, which we should uh, stay away from. <laughs> what is eisegesis in your thinking? <laughs> <laughs> eisegesis is the, the bane that's on the church today. Um, it, it has to do with I have an idea and allow the text to prove my idea. So, so exegesis is bringing out the, the, the theme and the purpose of the writer. Right. Eisegesis is doing what again? As I have an idea, and I'll get you a verse to prove my idea. So you run all over the Bible and try to find a verse that fits your idea. 
Correct. And correct. then you may not even be correct on that one. Um, I mean, you, I, I would say most of the time. <laughs> yeah, you might. <laughs> you might just twist it a little bit. You, you might support, twist it. You might look at 50 different paraphrases to see which one fits your idea better, right? Right. That's what I call yoga Bible study. Yoga Bible study. Well, we won't say anything further on that. There are some prominent people <laughs> in our, in a, among Christians today that, that preach that way. In fact, it seems like it's pretty common. Why is expository preaching better, or is it better, than these other t- kinds of preaching? I believe that it is the God-called method. Uh, the reason is, uh, as I study Scripture, I see these letters, especially the New Testament, is written to churches. That letter is written for a reason. God has protected his holy word, and he He doesn't give you an idea. He's giving you this letter, and this letter is dealing with situations, a situation or plurals, uh, that the, the human author is dealing with. This brings something to me. I We talk about, it used to be when we talked about book studies, we meant a, a book of the Bible. Right. But you go to Sunday schools today or adult Bible classes and they're studying some other book and people don't have to bring their Bibles. All they got to bring is that particular text, that book that's been written by some famous author. What is your idea on us getting away from the word in in our classes? I I believe that that's what you see is, is the problem in the church in America today. We have gotten away from the fact that he said, I will build my church. Not only that, he says, I will put in that place, that church, apostles and prophets, supernaturally gifted teachers for the equipping of the saints for ministry. Uh, We have uh, bought the line that says, I pay for ministers, and I sit here. Uh, It's almost like the congregation has become the stockholders, and that the the pastorate is the CEO. If you don't produce, uh, the stockholders will pull their cash and you're not getting the job done, we'll go get us a new CEO. The truth of the matter is, I teach, and you know my 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 schedule, I teach Scripture Sunday through uh, Thursday night, and then we pray about it on Friday night. And uh, I, I think what has happened is, is that we've moved away from what God has established, and now we have these hired ministers. My heart, my passion is every child of God is a minister. And the preacher should be up there preaching, not worried about whether he's going to offend his biggest giver in the congregation. And no, don't don't we often get that situation where he's got to keep him? You're talking about keeping him happy, and uh, absolutely. And, and I mean, if 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 the congregation is hiring ministers and they believe that the, it's the minister or the pastor or the elders' responsibility to quote unquote do whatever they deem is necessary, you've got to ask yourself who's the head of the church. I think that that's just so, so uh, true, and we need to... What do you think of this seeker-friendly stuff? We're talking about churches that are seeker-friendly. I know the answer, but I want the <laughs> folks out there to hear, hear Terry Ball's uh, understanding of, of this seeker-friendly movement. I am an expositor of the Word of God, which means that I will expose the Word of God to whomever is sitting in the pew. If you are still dead in your sins... The Word of God exposed to you will not be friendly. You know what I, I see that word exposes? Because what it does is the Word of God exposes us then. Absolutely. You know, one of my great horrors in exposition of Scripture is when I come to a text that I can say, that ain't me. How do you teach something that isn't you? Well, that's a hypocrisy. Here it is. 
Do people uh, listening to, I'm going to play the devil's advocate, do people listening to your preaching feel warm and accepted? No. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't believe that they do. Uh, I hear uh, people say, you know, I was convicted and... Uh, The ones that bother me is the one who's been convicted now for several years. And I'm saying, (laughs) so what part of this don't you get? I I remember sharing uh, with some pastors, how is it that a pastor, a preacher, has a holy calling in the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God with the authority of the holy book in the presence of holy ones and sinners can remain comfortable in their sin? in front of them. The, the comfort level, uh, that's the thing. You're right. You're absolutely right. We get too comfortable sitting in the pews. Uh, what is that one statement about uh, about afflicting the comfortable and comforting the afflicted? Have you heard that one? Yes. I, 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 Give it to us. Tell <laughs> us about it. Well, it, 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 take it John 15. He says, uh, you know, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, and he will trim off those branches. Um I don't know a lot about vine dressing, but if I'm cutting off branches, uh, that sounds like painful to me. You know, go back to what I'm studying in the Corinthian church. That's personal holiness. If I'm going to be an effective minister, I have to be in my own place personally holy. God does that work. Uh, Ephesians 3 says that I pray that the Holy Spirit will work in your hearts in the inner man to strengthen you. Mm-hmm. Well, I got news for you. That means he's going to have to take out a lot of the nasties that are in there, uh, your wisdom, your understanding, your logic. If you're a saved person and you're comfortable with where you're at in your salvation, being exposed to the truth of God is going to make you uncomfortable. You know, when the greatest compliment I can, I can have when, if, if a person after the message says, Pastor, that was a wonderful sermon, I... I, I feel uncomfortable, but if they said, uh, Pastor God really moved in my heart, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for preaching the Word of God to my heart. Absolutely. I have been blessed. Uh, the church that I'm in is the only church that I really have ever been associated with and affiliated with and, and spent the, the, the time and the sacrifice there. And in June will be my 10th year as the senior pastor. Mm -hmm. And through the exposition of Scripture for those 10 years and four years previous under our former pastor, lives have changed. Mm -hmm. And I see people uh, that you would not expect, not quote-unquote trained professionals, but everyday people standing firm on the focus of the Lord Jesus Christ and reaching the community. We don't, uh, we're not a big congregation, um, but... Uh, I see us as a strong congregation. Um, well, Terry, I'm going to comment on that as we meet next Sunday night uh, a little bit because we'll continue on this theme. But uh, I'll say an amen with you on that. Uh, your congregation where they bring their Bibles and they're they're just excited about the Word of God. Thank you for coming out tonight, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday night. All right, see you, Joel. 